Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hi, I'm Manan Parikh, analyst at GTM Research. You're listening to Suncast, one of my go-to resources for insights from today's solar industry leaders. This is Suncast. In every battle, there's a front line. On that front line are warriors whose courage and actions shape the outcome of the battle. The world is currently engaged in a literal power struggle, a battle in global energy as it evolves from fossil fuels to renewable energy. Suncast is a conversation with solar warriors on the front lines, building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. We learn their secrets to personal and professional growth, market development, and industry insights. And now, join solar industry veteran, Latin America fanatic, and your host, Nico Johnson. Hey there, and welcome back to Suncast. This is another mini-sode. I try to keep these under 15 minutes and bring back past guests or short morsels of conversation about current events in the state of solar in the Americas. Today, I'm bringing back Rod Barfield of Long Light Energy. Rod was episode 15, and we talked a lot about why he had moved down to Brazil. Today, we're going to talk more about why he moved back north, away from Brazil. If you're interested to know what Rod thinks about the Brazil economy, especially in light of Manan's not hot comment on the episode last Friday, stick around. Welcome to another mini-sode of Suncast with Rod Barfield. Hey, welcome to another Suncast mini-sode. Today we're going to hear again from Rodrigo Barfield. You may remember Rodrigo from episode 15. At the end of that episode, I mentioned I was going to get back on the phone with Rodrigo, and I just recently chatted with him to get an update for you, not only on what's going on with Long Light Energy, but also his general take on the current status of the Brazil market, given that the original interview was done sometime last year. So, Sit back, enjoy. This is a 10, 15-minute conversation that I hope you will take value from. Forgive any audio quality issues as Rod and I have both been on the road here, but enjoy nonetheless. Rodrigo Barfield, Redux. Well, hey, Rod. Welcome back to the show, man. It's been a little while. Yeah, it has indeed. It's a, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a chunk of change here. Yeah. Long time. It has. It's always good to get on the phone with you, man. I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule. Hey, listen, um, wanted to get an update since uh, we didn't record. We haven't recorded in several months now, and I'm curious, what's new in Brazil? Any uh, any economic or personal updates? What do you see happening? Uh, well, personal updates. Um, we have uh, decided to move back to the U.S. Uh, our time there is a. Uh, kind of come to a close, but, um, you know, we have a office in Porto Alegre that's, you know, fully staffed and we have development that's taking place there still. We have, uh, our projects, which are active in Brazil. Um, unfortunately for Brazil, you know, it's still in this sort of protracted and prolonged, uh, political uncertainty or period of political uncertainty. I think you may have just seen that, um, 
yesterday, Ike Batista was um, uh, warrant was issued for his arrest in Interpol. So um, he's being called up for for uh, his uh, role in the Lava Jato scandal. So unfortunately, um, you know, things are still uncertain in Brazil. Fortunately, assets are cheap in Brazil. Mm -hmm. But um, until there's any sort of, you know, long term economic stability, it's going to be very hard for financing rates to come down um, and certainly um, difficult for companies and um, corporates in particular, which are the mainstay of our business, right. to make sort of long term decisions. I mean, these guys are, um, you know, sort of uh, keeping their powder dry right now. So even though we have a, a great product and a great offer, everyone is just holding off to execute until they get some visibility on what's going to happen. So I don't I don't blame them, but um, we have strong projects and um, yeah, you know, we'll be moving on them as soon as the uh, as soon as those rates drop. That's uh, that's good to hear. Well, you and you're referring to interest rates. Uh, didn't the interest rate just drop down to about thirteen and a quarter? Yeah, but that's. I don't get it. Thirteen and a quarter seems. Well, uh, you and I had a. We're still we're still talking about infrastructure here. I mean, this is. Uh, <laughs> we had an know, interesting inter inter interchange uh, of uh, of ideas around the the forex frankly a lot of the time when you talk about forex from your financing perspective it often uh leaves my simple mind so it, i would love it if you could give me a redux of the conversation we had around the implications of the of the forex and the exchange rate um in particular how it can how it plays with the financing product for solar and, and uh you know how that what that implies for not just the challenges for long light but others who uh, are probably facing a, a tough, a similar scenario if they're trying to sell to CNI customers specifically? Sure, no problem. I mean, the the Forex challenge is really just a product of, you know, long light as well as other, you know, foreign investors being hard currency investors in Brazil. And so, you know, you're counterposing your investment against, you know, a the Brazilian hail. Uh, at the time that we entered Brazil, um, Brazil was just beginning its economic freefall. And um, as a result, you know, the dollar and the euro for that matter, uh, and the pound, <laughs> not as much as so much anymore, but um, we're rallying hard against the hail. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the arbitrage opportunity that you got was that as a a um, hard currency investor, you could ride out the potential recovery in Brazil and get an additional upside on your hard currency investment. So as the hail strengthened, um, your investment return increased, right? Because you bought more um, hail value at a lower price. So um, that's kind of leveled out to a certain extent. It's very hard to say right now, um, what the future valuation of the HAL is going to be. I mean, uh, some analysts target um, four to the dollar, but you know, other analysts say it's going to be three to the dollar. The reality is that that sort of uh, variability in in future forecasts is based on the fact that nobody has a clue hmm. what's happening politically in Brazil. And anybody that says they do is a liar. I mean, there's just, there's there's just no there's no way to know. All all we can be certain of is uncertainty. That being said, the current administration is undertaking some sort of basic economic reforms. Um, you know, simplifying the tax code. And I don't know if they've got the political wherewithal to see major wholesale reform take place. But 
it's kind of one thing at a time right now, but it's still a good investment destination for sort of deep pocketed or deeply interested investors in Brazil. Hmm. Well, so I hear the, obviously the Forex uh, provides some challenge. I, I'd love to hear your perspective on, on these three points with regard to uh, future opportunity, even, even for long light in Brazil. And I'll couch it to say, what would have to be true with regard to these three points in order for it to be worth your while in Brazil? And let's touch on the Forex, like where would the hell have to be compared to the dollar, uh, interest rates, and, and then is there something else that would have to be true about the market for it to be worth your while? Okay. Um, I think on the Forex, it's, um, it's, it's not really that important where it is. I think that, you know, what you would forsake is a potential upside, but you know, that potential upside is highly speculative. So you can't really go in there, you know, thinking that you're going to make a significant return on that. It's just a positive upside. So you mm -hmm. shouldn't, you know, sort of pin the fundamental economic analysis on the idea of this, you know, variability or potential of the how or something. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because, you know, it's an infrastructure investment, right? So you can always time your exit. Mm -hmm. The key is, is that you're going to have to borrow as much as possible in hell. So your underlying debt's going to have to be hell based. And then you're just going to have to, you know, put on your big boy pants about, you know, when you're going to buy and sell your asset. So, um, it, you know, but you have the time because you have, you know, a long-term contract. Um, so, and, you know, ideally you're selling that asset to a local investor, a pension fund, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. or even back to the corporate itself. Um, on your second point, you know, I think the price of debt can never be too low mm -hmm. uh, unless you're investing in debt. Um, so, um, you know, in that regard, I think that, you know, sort of high single digits would be a pretty good target for Brazil uh, if you were to talk about, you know, the sort of a, distributed energy level lending. Um, and then what other things would you want, you know, to make Brazil a continued investment destination or to strengthen its investment profile? I think that what you really want is some resolution to this political crisis. I mean, this interaction is, um, it's not just hurting the possibility of foreign investment, it's hurting the proliferation of a domestic economy. I mean, as you have sort of limited access to capital and that capital is extraordinarily expensive, you put a stranglehold on your domestic economy. And if you have a strong domestic economy, then obviously the foreign direct investment will follow naturally. Right. So um, really, you know, for Brazil, everybody knows it, but it's just got to get out of its political deadlock. It's got to go through some serious wholesale reform um structurally regulatory reform structurally tax reform structurally if it's ever going to grow and it's a shame because you know i love that country mm. and i love the people and it could do so much more if it weren't held back by a a almost um i don't know um masochistic regulatory regime i mean it's 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 awful so, um, so anyway, that, that would be, uh, that would be my answer to your third point. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, well, I guess a follow on to that is, as I recall, you've amassed, obviously have an office, you've got a bunch of, uh, contracts and, and pre-contracts and LOIs in place. You're still actively doing business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, we're just kind of, 
I mean, I, I don't want to call it treading water. I mean, mm -hmm. we're still actively developing business down there, mm -hmm. but um, you know, the 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 lessons learned over the past couple of years have really narrowed our focus. It's also, you know, allowed us to create contracts that I think are stronger than most people's in the market. I've seen some of the uh, other contracts um, that some other developers have on the private side, which are, um, you know, they're sort of noble in their intent, but I think they're sort of limited in their legal analysis and, you know, expose themselves to unnecessary levels of risk. So uh, we have our own secret sauce. So mm -hmm. don't ask me what's in the secret sauce because I paid a lot of money for that sauce. Indeed. So, um, well, well, it brings up a question that I always uh, have uh, as a uh, as a, a third sort of tertiary observer in the market here, it, whether or not your uh, I mean, you've worked a lot. It's been a year. Uh, is, is it the uh, kind of the common uh, theme of, well, anything is for sale for the right price is uh, is long light uh, an asset that you'd be willing to part with if there's a, if there's as you mentioned a crazy investor with their big boy pants on and they're and they're ready to take that risk oh no i've invested heavily enough into long light at this point and we have u.s operations expanding now that um i do not want to sell long light in the foreseeable future i mean we're building up a pretty significant portfolio now so when i sell you know we're moving out of the you know, potential sale to a strategic and looking forward towards the potential sale to a pension fund or an insurance company. So that's the next phase. And I think it's going to take a few years to get there. But no, I'm, I'm on a steady course of that. I have absolutely no need or desire to get rid of the company right now. I mean, not for any price that someone would offer me for it. Yeah, so. good patient capital. Well, you seem really bullish on the U.S. market. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that before we go. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily bullish on the U.S. market, but I'm bullish on our business activity within the U.S. market. Uh, we're very focused on um, commercial real estate and uh, basically selling solar to commercial real estate. You know, the U.S. market is a completely different animal than Brazil. I mean, here the name of the game is tax equity financing. And um, I find that um, outside of your very big solar developers, most of the market is most of the small time developers are somewhat immature in terms of the way that they look at, you know, financing mechanisms and how to fully exploit them. So um, in a very short period of time, you know, we've able we've been able to drum up a lot of business. So I'm very excited about that. Um, we're going to be launching our own proprietary software to manage our systems uh, soon in the next six months. So um, it's a, it's an exciting time and I'm, I'm, you know, kind of glad to be focused on this market. Things move, move very fast in the U S compared to Brazil and, you know, things in solar never really move fast anyway, but, uh, relatively speaking, it's like the speed of light for me right now. No pun intended. <laughs> well, Rod, I'm glad to have you back on Suncast. It's great always to connect and, uh, on, on your episode, we put in there all of your contact information. We'll be sure to put that back in the show notes. And it's always great to have you. We'll bring you back on to talk more about the massive success I'm sure you're going to have with this new U.S. company as well. Uh, well, I hope it's massive. I would <laughs> love to use that adjective. So, uh, Nico, hey, thanks a lot, man. It's always a pleasure to uh, talk with you. And I uh, can't wait to hear the other interviews that you do. And, um, and I'm going to just completely ignore my interview. <laughs> well, I hope that the audience doesn't ignore your interview because I think it is phenomenal. And you're always chock full of information. Rod, thanks for being on the show. 
If you guys missed the last episode with Rod, do go back and check it out, episode 15, and hope you've enjoyed another minisode. That's it for us today. Check us out again later this week as we'll have a new, fresh episode coming live soon. That's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors, and you're now well-armed for battle. Hopefully, you'll take away some great tools for your own success. I'd love it if you'd share what you learned or share the episode over on LinkedIn. Let me know what other tools you need. If you want to sharpen the axe a little bit more, I've shared some of the resources we discussed in today's conversation over at mysuncast.com. Just click on the latest episode link in the title bar. Perhaps the best tool in your arsenal might be subscribing to the mailing list while you're there so that you'll get an email from yours truly when new content is available. Have a suggestion for someone you think should join the conversation? Email me, nico at mysuncast.com or shoot me a message on LinkedIn. Hey, that's it. Thanks for being here. Until next time, stay informed, my friend, and stay tuned.